0: Welcome back to the same 24 hours podcast. I have a new best friend. Her name is Christina LaCure and she's our guest today. She may not know that we're best friends, but every once in a while I interview someone and I'm like, you're my new best friend. And the reason for that is because sometimes you just speak with someone and you think, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was totally Christina. So, Christina Lecure is a former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. She's a motivational speaker and the founder of Women With Class Mastermind. She has a podcast, Decide It's Your Turn. Through her one-on-one coaching and mastermind programs, she really helps individuals, women and men to shatter limiting beliefs, become more confident and hold us accountable to creating and executing the most purposeful and profitable versions of our lives. So we really dig down deep about um, hitting rock bottom, about finding your why, about making a decision and kind of the importance of faith in it all. So I hope you all enjoy this episode with her. She's fantastic. You can find her on Instagram at bchristina and her website, Christinalecure.com. Hi, and welcome to The Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the same 24 hours podcast. I have been riffing right here with my guest today. Christina Lacour is here and we are going to get along just fine. So welcome, Christina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so I'm super happy to be here today. It's always was like it's always fun. I was like, we better hit record. We're gonna get along just <laughs> fine. It's always good when you chat. You do your pre-chat, and it's been like 15 minutes. Like, yeah. Oh, we should record. So welcome. I'm glad we are finally doing this, and I am just intrigued by your story. I love that you hit rock bottom. Not because rock bottom's great, but because I think anyone that has been at the bottom and dug themselves out has something real to say. <laughs> so welcome to the rock bottom club.
1: How did Amen. you find yours? <laughs> you
0: no, know I think
1: everyone, like you said, I think everyone should ha- have their rock bottom moment. And so everyone's rock bottom looks so different. You know, some people are like, literally like, wow, that sounds like car accident, death of everyone in your family in rehab for some years. And other people it's, you know, you wouldn't know it, but it's kind of their rock bottom. Yeah. So how did that
0: come about for you?
1: yeah for sure, so I've told the story a couple times, but basically, when I was eighteen years old, two things happened to me. I grew up in Canada and i at eighteen, I got really good at golf and I got really good looking and I know that some people laugh at that, but at that moment, what happened was um I became for the next ten or so years addicted to external validation. I had never really like I hadn't you know I had a good childhood, I wasn't ignored or anything like that, but I really wasn't Something to write home about, you know. I wasn't making any. I wasn't doing anything special. I wasn't, you know, this spectacular kid growing up. But then, when I got really good, and I mean, really good at golf. I mean, I won the first three tournaments I ever played in. I got a college scholarship a couple of years later. It was like on all of the news and all of the things. And then I I also got good looking. I came home. I went backpacking for three years, and I just came home and I must have did my hair different and lost a few (laughs) pounds and you know all of a sudden i just got this attention from everyone and i loved it you know which 18 year old who hadn't really had a ton of attention wouldn't well the problem was is i became addicted to it it was like how can i get skinnier how can i get better how can i surround myself with different people how can i get richer how can i do all the things to where i can get more of this attention and you know during that 10 or 12 year period i You know, I did a lot of things. I I was a five-time All-American in college. I played professional golf. I was on television shows. I was doing some modeling stuff. And, you know, my whole thing, everything in my head was, well, how can I get skinnier? How can I get richer? How can I get the next contract? How can I do all those things? And, you know, 10 years later, I remember ironing in my back bedroom after missing the cut at Q school for the third year in a row and thinking, holy fuck, this was not what it was cut out to be. And that was kind of like my rock bottom moment where I was like, I have had all of the things that a lot of people have wished that they had had, and I'm truly not happy. And there is a bunch of people out there that have way less than me that are actually happy. So how the fuck did they do that?
0: Yeah. Well, wasn't there a moment where someone said, you should do this because you X, Y, and Z? Oh, yeah, totally. Who like literally find a guy on the planet who's
1: into sports who would tell you that your life is going to be fucking amazing because you can play professional golf and you look a certain way. I was told forever. I was like, you get on the LPGA tour. You will have every endorsement known to man because you are a North American, good looking, blonde, skinny, you know, player. You're going to have every endorsement under the sun. You're going to be able to do all of the things and your life is going to be amazing. You're going to have fame and fortune and you know, athletic and everyone would want your life. And even if I wasn't making a ton of money or had every endorsement, I mean, there's not very many people on the planet that would say being a professional athlete isn't the dream of a lot of people. Right. And the sad part is, is most people don't realize that like it's not what it's kicked up to be especially when you're only doing it because you're told like, that's what you should do.
0: It sounds a lot like me being a lawyer. (laughs) Like that was me. I mean, on the first day of law school, I was like, Oh, this was a mistake, but you know, I was already in it. It was very much. I should be doing this because I've come so far. And so many people have, you know, they're so proud of me. These people are so proud of me and I should, you know, be this lawyer. And a lot of people would kill for a law degree. And killed to have that kind of paycheck, and I couldn't get out of it fast enough. I mean, exited the law with my ass on fire, you know, like bye. But it, you know, you raise a good point. It doesn't matter what you're doing if you're miserable.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so funny. As I thought, I wanted to be a lawyer. I thank God (laughs) I didn't. I thank God I didn't do that. Thank God I really didn't stay with the golf forever. However, I now love golf, and I always find it interesting to say that I now love golf more than ever you know, when I get to go and have fun and play for a hundred bucks with the old guys at the country club, that's so much fun. (laughs) Um, one thing that a a quote that I've heard, obviously it's not mine, but just because it took you a long time to make the mistake doesn't mean you have to continue making it. And at some point in time, you realize that like, I have had so many clients. I had a client. you know, I do one-on-one confidence and success, business coaching and all the things. And I had a client who was a dentist. She was a dentist. She went to school. She was top of her class. She had a practice. She was doing all the things. And like, she did not want to fucking be a dentist. <laughs> she did. She wanted to be a dentist. Like you wanted to be a lawyer. Like I wanted to be a golfer, but she had a title. She spent a lot of money. She spent a lot of time. I mean, we have like so many people come to me, especially, you know, when wanting to make, make shifts in their life and, they always say, Am I too late? Well, it's too late. You know, like I've done this for forever. How can I make a change at 40, 50, 30, whatever it is? And it's like, I always say, Do you have a heartbeat? Okay,
0: cool. You're good. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that, that hit me is I thought, Well, I can just, I'll just do this till I retire. And at the time, I was like, Wait a minute. That's 35 years, mm. years. You know, if I retire at 65 and I thought, I just can. And so I started figuring a way to tunnel out. I knew I couldn't just leave. You know, I oh. mean, I could, but I, I had responsibilities at that point where we had two young kids and we had a lifestyle we had become accustomed to. Accustomed totally. to. Um, so it took me like seven years to tunnel out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you tell your clients when they say, you know, it's too late? What do you, And you say you have a heartbeat, so great. But what is the first step? Is it to figure out what you... Want to do like what is it? Just like I know I don't want this. Like what? What is the first step? Yeah,
1: I love that, and I like I love what you said. Is like I I know Mel for uh, your audience. They might know who Mel Robbins is. I remember hearing yeah. her say one time, um, "If you have ninety days runway, quit your job because it'll put your back against the wall, and you'll figure it out." Well, I'm not Mel Robbins. I do not have the success of Mel Robbins. That's not really my. My uh, forte, but I love what you said. Where you know you had to figure your way out of it. You know, when I first started trying to get out of the golf industry and more into the the coaching industry, you know, I was doing ninety percent corporate golf events and ten percent this, and then eighty percent and twenty percent. And finally, you know, I'm very thankful to say that I'm now a hundred percent into this, and I get a golf with buddies whenever I want. But you know, you have to be able to take one step. For me, the main thing that I say every single day is, you have to take faith and you have to have action. Faith and action are the two things that will change your absolute fucking life, hands down, no question about it. Because we can talk about all the things all day long, but if you're not taking any action, you're really not going anywhere. And with action, you have to be able to have some faith that you may not know what's gonna happen tomorrow, next year, 10 years from now, but you have to know that like, if you take a step today, it's gonna get you closer to where you wanna be tomorrow. And you don't even have to know exactly where you wanna go. But you have to know you have to take one step.
0: Yeah. And that's such a good point because I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just knew I couldn't do what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, I like to write. I like to talk to people. I like to help people, you know, so here I am. But what do you do with the people that come to you? And this may, maybe you fire them, but um, (laughs) the ones that come to you and they're like, they want to get out. They want to make a change. But everything you present, there's a yeah, but, or that's not going to work or, you know, there's always a reason there's a very, and, you know, they call them reasons. We might call them excuses, but there's just this sense that they want to just complain totally. versus actually take a step. What do you do with those people? <laughs> yeah, it's super super interesting. So most people, by the time that they come
1: to me, they, they truly know that they need to do something. I say a really good coach all the time never puts anything in you that you don't already have. My job as a really good coach is to keep you accountable, motivated, consistent, and confident to doing the thing that's already inside of you. Definitely there's some external perspectives and some strategies and all the things, but you ultimately know. My job is to just give you the confidence and the motivation and sometimes the strategy on how to actually do the fucking things. And I do believe by the time that someone comes to me they're kind of at that moment that the excuses, they've tried them for such a long time. And I always say to them, I'm like, how's that going? Clearly it's not, how's it going? Your excuses, how's it going? Because it's clearly not going well by the time that you come to me and you're ready to take some action, you're ready to move forward. You're ready to do whatever it fucking takes. Like, And that kind of is the reason why you said a, a rock bottom is a beautiful situation. Because by the time that I was there, I was like, I don't care what it takes. I truly believe from the bottom of my soul, you can't fail if you don't quit. You can pivot, you can change, you can do all the things, but like there is zero chance in hell I will ever fail at anything that I do. If I don't quit zero chance, Wow. it's always, it's yeah. always, it's always just giving me information. Perfect. Cool. I love that. Awesome. I'm going to do that again. Okay, cool. I didn't like that. Okay, cool. I'm going to do this thing now. Like I don't fail because I just don't quit. Like nothing could possibly stop me. And I truly believe that from the bottom of my soul. And if you believe that too, it takes away a lot of the fears too, because I'll always just figure it out. Always. Yeah.
0: And that's a mindset, right? I mean, you, I, I don't know. I was kind of born with somewhat of that. Just, well, if this doesn't work, I'll try something else. And I, but I also think I got it from my dad who was, a, you know, worked, worked for himself. If that didn't work, he'd figure something out. He, he was always hustling, you know, from day one. And so I think watching him, but I, I sort of have that same mentality, like, well, if this doesn't work, then it just wasn't meant to be. But what can I take from it? But is it hard for, for clients to take that step, to take the step that might be the failure? And what do you do to kind of help them through that?
1: Absolutely. I love that. And yeah, it always is. People are always afraid. Number one thing is fear. Def- definitely. Number two is the expectation. Of what it's supposed to be or what others are going to say. Like when you're doing something of importance, and I don't care what that importance is, you know, you're an author, whether that's writing a book, starting a podcast, you know, starting a new business, stepping out into a relationship, whatever it is, you have to know 100% that like there's going to be some road bumps. That's fucking normal. You're a human doing a human thing. You are going to screw up every once in a while. The difference between those who succeed, like you writing your books, you know, the thing is you literally wanted to not write the book a thousand times. You wanted to <laughs> throw it. Your that's computer. my
0: third book that's happening right now. That's the Amazing. book I don't want to write a thousand times. Oh my god. It, anyway. Yeah,
1: exactly, right? Like you you're you're normal, you're human. Most successful people on the planet have, do hard things every single solitary day. The minute you just understand that it is a normal situation and get through it faster cool like oh that's a good get through it faster oh yeah. that's
0: brilliant yeah
1: because you know it's coming up you're writing yeah. this book and you had the exact same feelings oh when you God. wrote the first one and
0: the second one and you will on this one just get through it fast i needed to hear that Yay! <laughs> i needed to hear that because you're right but i think i was more you know i hate the word motivated but i was the first book you're like oh this th- you're just learning it's so uncertain it's like it's exciting the second book was like very self cleansing and powerful. And this one is like none of those things. And so it's like, but I still okay, want to your why? it. What's your um, why?
1: Because your why is the number one thing that will ever get you through yeah. anything for the rest of
0: your life. What is your why? I think my why is the same as it always was, was to, to help people to put it into words. I'm a good writer. I can say it in a way that like impacts. Right. But here's the thing. That last book just took so much fucking out of me. Yeah. <laughs> it, like ho- it was so much that I'm like, I think I'm just still tired, honestly, and that sounds lazy, but I think I'm just still like a little battle battle worn from it, and you know to like rev that up again is like, okay, we gotta you know put on the armor and go to battle and so it it's me being a little bit bratty, really. I mean, i am being a little bit bratty about it. I have the opportunity to write another book and I'm being bratty, so there you cool. go. And
1: it could be both <laughs> so you're right now It's like, okay, I'm not as motivated as I was on the first one,
0: but ultimately,
1: like, and one thing I'll say to you, too, what if tomorrow someone said, "Hey, Meredith, you can't write this book. Would you be good? Oh, yeah. It'd be done like the end of the month, right? I mean, for sure, it would be done by the end of the month it or yeah. you can't. like you were literally gutted. Like I know for a fact, if someone came into my life tomorrow and said, <laughs> "You can't do this anymore, I would literally oh, yeah, be I see what you're heartbroken. saying heartbroken. Yeah. So if, like all the like, words
0: got jumbled in my head and there were no more books to write. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. You'd be so fucking gutted because you just told me you're an amazing writer who are serving people. So you're like, right. yes. you're right.
0: so yeah. Well, so like, even before, you know, I told, I told you and my audience knows I had a tummy tuck two weeks ago. So like the week before I went into surgery, I did the most amazing workouts. I PR'd all these weights, like, because I was like, this may be the last time like things go wrong. What if I never touch a barbell again? And it was like such kind of a shitty way to put energy into the process. But I just, I was so grateful because the recovery is so long. It's going to be a while before I can lift weights again. And so that, yeah. And I think to put that in perspective, like what if someone said you can't write anymore? I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. So, okay, great. You're, you're just solved me. So thanks, Christina. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs>
1: It's such a blessing, right? Like if you actually slow it down and just be like, wow, I'm so fucking lucky I get to show up and do this every day. Like, because it is hard some days. Some days you don't want to do it. Some days you're being a brat. Like, I mean, we're all doing it. Like we're all human. But like, what can you do to make sure tomorrow you come into it with a different lens and you're able to take some action?
0: And I think too, there's so much pressure to pivot and find this new career. It doesn't mean you can't go write your book, do your podcast, Create all this crap on the side while you're waiting tables, while you're doing whatever. Um, side hustle. The the art and. of the side hustle. I mean, do you do you the encourage and. the side? Yeah. The and. Do both. And. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Awesome. You can do that and you can do the next thing. And it doesn't always have to make a profit. You know, I always say, let yes. your purpose and make a profit. I, I talk about that quite often because I definitely believe you know, when you're fully living in your purpose, the universe is going to 100% support you and and give you the resources to do that or be abundant in that. But like, yeah, 100%. Like if you fucking love doing something, if you love writing the book so freaking much and you you are still an attorney on the side or whatever it may be, and you may never make a dollar from the book, you can still do it because it brings joy to your life. You can like, that's, that's huge, right? Like, gosh, there's joy to that. And you can serve one person. And maybe that one person goes out and like literally changes their lives and changes 10 million lives. You only had to change right. one.
0: Right. I call it multi-level marketing for life. Like when you hit one person and you just impact them, then they go spread it. And you know, it's just this whole ripple effect that That's a great you never analogy. know. Yeah. And like just the inspiration you are to people. When people see you doing something extra or living your dreams it it's inspiring it makes you go huh i mean even tom brady in the super bowl love or hate tom brady that man is 43 and he's just i'm like he's a god like he's so inspiring and i you know i don't care where you fall in the spectrum wow <laughs> yeah and you know when you, when you sit here and think oh i can't do anything that man is winning the super bowl at 43 like we can take a walk across the street <laughs> It's so true, right? Yeah. And
1: and you, like you said, and I I love how you said, you know, it's so inspiring when someone's living in their purpose. And I believe that to be so true. You know, you want to change people around you, change yourself first. Watch what happens when you become the best version of yourself. When you vibrate so high, you just attract high vibrational people. Or all of the people that you tell that they need to be changing themselves, they look at you and, like, oh, fuck, like walk the walk (laughs) instead of talk the talk, right? Like, Change yourself and watch what happens.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I find when I have stuffed my face with crap food the day before, I don't coach my clients well the next day. Yeah, Maybe it's that simple for me when I have not taken care of myself. Because most of them are coming to me for like self care and taking care of yourself, and um, triathlon and endurance and all sorts of random. I coach on like the most random spectrum, but <laughs> most it. of it, they're like, you know, how do I eat well and take care of myself, right? And usually if I've done that, I have to confess like right at the beginning of our coaching call, I'm like, I treated my body like a trash can yesterday. So I need to tell you that so I can be free to,
1: <laughs> to wow, now that's coach you so from a place of
0: like, you know, authenticity. Because if I'm that walk in the walk thing, talking the talk for me, feels, yeah, I feel that with all of my being, because a lot of times you can not take that step forward because you think, oh, I'm not good enough. So how do you reconcile the two? Because I think they... They work as long as you're authentic in your mission. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We really don't know each other that well. But if you ask my audience, I'm probably the most authentic mofo you could possibly imagine. (laughs) I air all of, you know, on my podcast, um, you know, I talk about all the things because I think it's so important that people realize that, like, I haven't always been this way. You know, if you follow me on social media at BeChristina, you will see, like, I'm pretty high vibe. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty much have an amazing life. Not pretty much. I do because I choose it every day. You know, my my podcast is Decide It's Your Turn. And I believe that deciding, deciding is the most impactful word on the planet because the minute you make the decision, then you act from that, right? So you have to act from that vibration. So I decide to be authentic. I decide to, you know, be a shit show some days. I decide <laughs> to tell people yes. that- You know, like, I love the fact that you told your audience that you had a a tummy tag. Like, yeah, you can't be a fitness coach and be like, oh, I've never done any of the things. You have to be really, really vulnerable. And one thing that you talked about is, you know, um, the night before how you can show up with your clients. One thing that I believe that really is helpful for me to show up authentically in my life is to have really good boundaries. So... You know, I'm not gonna tell you that I eat well all the time. That's probably not my vibe, but I do have an amazing I do have amazing boundaries. If I know that I have to be on client calls for six hours, seven hours a day, I have to report record this podcast, be on call with my team. I know that I can't take a phone call from someone I'm not getting along with. I know that I have to wake up and do two hours of devotional, go work out this morning, get with my trainer, go for a walk, do the thing so I can be my best self mm-hmm. to show up for my clients. And that's very much what you're talking about. Like you have to walk the fucking walk if you're going to lead a life that's pretty damn amazing.
0: Yes. Oh, and I love what you said about decisions. So you don't know me very well either, but I mean, I know that we're going to be best friends after this. But so (laughs) like 10 years ago, my rock bottom was, um, I always say two kids under two, but that's not really they were just there. But I was practicing (laughs) attorney. I had a huge drinking problem. I was 250 pounds. And I decided that I was going to become a triathlete. Like, it's a long story leading up to that. But I was like, I'm going to do a triathlon. Wait, no, I'm going to become a triathlete. Because someone who does a triathlon is different from someone who is a triathlete. And so it all started with that decision. And from there, from that point, I can't, it's just like you said, I tell everyone, you can't do anything until you decide. Like, you decide, I'm going to do this thing. I'll figure it out. And everything I can point to in my life, like the books, the podcast, whatever, it was like, oh, I'm just gonna do this. I've decided. Yeah. I make but that's every, magic. My, I, I make every one of my
1: clients sign a contract when they work in my masterminds or anything like that, and says, This is the best they sign it. It says, I, you know, Meredith, decide that today is the best decision I can possibly make. And nothing will change that decision for the next six months or however long they're were- working. Because I show up as the version of the person who decided that this is the best thing. So literally you could lose your job. You could, everyone could hate you. Your computer could crash, all the things, but you've decided it's the best decision. Okay, cool. So what does a person who has decided that this was the best decision that they could make, how does that person show up today? The pandemic, you know, a perfect example. The beginning of the pandemic, I lost, I think like, hundred and something thousand dollars worth of corporate golf events in literally two weeks. My phone was like, we're canceled, we're canceled, we're canceled. And I literally, for like two days, I was a human. I fucking like lost my mind. Then like two days later, I made a decision. The decision was that this pandemic is going to be the best thing that's ever fucking happened to me. And I am going to be the most constant rock, high vibrational, nothing will shake me person for the next what we thought was a couple months <laughs> for it's the next a decade, <laughs> for the next decade. But I promise you, there's been maybe five bad days. I'm not telling you that I don't miss my old life of being able sure. to like fucking fly to Vegas and do whatever. But overall, my life has been amazing. My business skyrocketed. My everyone who worked with me just like wants to work with me even more because like I did not waver on my decision that this is the best fucking thing that's going to happen. And a quick reminder to those who are like, oh, you can't say that because a lot of people have had bad shit. Yeah, a lot of people have had bad shit, but me not
0: going, oh, well, I have to suck. Or I have right. to Right, it's the with crab else. bucket mentality. Like it's you don't horrible. have to be in the crab bucket. You can, you can acknowledge, you can have empathy, you can feel, but you don't have to be pulled down by the crabs.
1: No, because there's a <laughs> thousand of. There's for every one of me, there's a hundred thousand people who are like, life is fucking miserable. This is the worst thing that ever happened. I'm like, okay, cool. Or what can you do today because you've decided that this is the best thing that's going to happen? What gratitude can you get in? What action can you take? Who can you surround yourself with? What can you do to make sure today is a better day than yesterday?
0: Yeah. And I, like I had a similar mentality about our debt. Like we looked at our debt last year and I was like, oh, holy moly. And it was, there's a ton of reasons why we have that kind of debt. And t- some of, you know, 50% are we're irresponsible assholes. 50% are like, oh, eh, well, that happened. <laughs> But either way, it was on a spreadsheet and I was like, okay, I am going to be out of this by January, 2021. Nice. And my husband's like, there's no way we don't make that much money. How are we going to pay? I'm like, I don't know, but this is going to be cleared. I ain't going to make it January, but I'm going to make it into February. So like, wow, cleared, for you. you know, and, but to look at that, it was impossible. The numbers did not add up, but because of the pandemic and because of exactly the opportunities that were afforded to myself and my husband during this time, because we decided it was going to be our best financial year ever. It was. Yep. And it's just, there is so much power in that, in that decision. decision. You don't have to figure it all out. Nope. Decision. Fact, it's probably better if you don't. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? You, you
1: made a decision and then you took action from yeah. that decision right. and you had faith, Some action that you're taking is going to lead to another way that you can take action. Like decision, faith, and action. That's my whole entire fucking life. And it's pretty damn good based on those
0: three things. Yeah. And so where do you lead people, decision, faith, and action, when they don't have a lot of faith?
1: You have to kind of.
0: Like for me, I never grew up in
1: my faith. I'm a Christian, but I don't care if you call it God, source, universe, doorknob, whatever you (laughs) you want. I really don't care at this point in time. You have to believe that there's something greater than yourself because when you believe that there's something greater than yourself, you have hope. And hope is what, honestly, like I, I heard this on a sermon one time, but hope is the one thing in the world that you actually need. Because if you don't have hope, that's really when the world ends. And a lot of people who... Unfortunately, commit suicide. I've had someone in my life do that when I was 18 years old. That is the number one reason for suicide because there's no hope. And I believe when you have a little bit of faith, you have hope that there can be one thing that keeps you going for one more day, one more minute, one right. more hour, whatever it is, right? A hope or some faith that there can be a little bit better. Um, I do believe you need some some faith you need and and i believe the main thing is is like when you have the unwavering faith like for me my unwavering faith like i will always figure it out always i have unwavering faith that i will always figure it out i have unwavering faith that it's even happening for me and i have had a lot of shit in my life but i have faith unwavering faith that it's like fuck and when i don't have the unwavering faith I have good people in my life. That's why I preach so hard about surrounding yourself with people because there's moments when your unwavering faith is not there and you need to have a couple people in your life that (laughs) can give you the unwavering faith until yours comes back.
0: Yeah, and that's why choosing a good partner is essential because you can't always be down. You can't be too down people. There's always got to be that balance. So, Or friends,
1: you know, like, Pay, like I've, done a, I've on my podcast, I've done a podcast called paying for your friends because <laughs> I actually, I do. I pay for my friends because I pay for my tribe. I pay for the people I want to surround myself with. And oh my like, God, I, would I do too. I never would have thought of it that way, but fuck, you're so yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you go to masterminds, groups, retreats, all the things like I want to pay money and I pay a lot of money to be surrounded by high vibrational people because it has absolutely 100% transformed my life.
0: Yeah. And that's that's the thing with coaching, right? You get a good coach on your team is someone you touch base with who can always bring you up when you are feeling down. Like that's our job. Like it Amen. really is. It really is our job. Oh yeah. Oh, oh girl. I've thank, always got coaches. Thank like I got. God, coaches. That was the
1: thing I was gonna <laughs> say. I always say never hire a coach who doesn't have a coach. I fucking pay my coach so much money. I love her. I like. I I have coaches. I have masterminds. I have teams. Like I want people around me all the time, because when I can't have that unwavering faith, or when I can't
0: have that moment, I need someone to turn to. I would have like so many coaches. My husband is like he's just he's a scientist, so he's <laughs> like you do not need there. I would have a therapist. I would have a coach. I would have a you know like I love people on my team. Me too, because I want someone to be. Like you can do this, even though like I know, but I'm like, will you tell me? Why don't Absolutely. you tell me I can do this? It's you know. so important, right? Yeah. It's so important. Like what I told you in the beginning of this
1: conversation, I said, what a good coach does is we give you accountability, consistency, motivation, and confidence to do the thing that's already in you. That's what a really, really good coach does. And when you have that consistently in your life, those four elements, boom, it's unstoppable.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. All right. Tell everyone where they can find you, Christina. Yeah.
1: I'm mostly on Instagram at Christina B-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. And what the reason for that is, is I encourage everyone to be. So be Meredith, be Christina, <laughs> be yourself. Like be it. you. There's no one else on the planet that can be you. So um, be Christina. And then uh, my podcast is Decided to Return the Podcast. Well, I love
0: it. Thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Of course. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.